Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Holistic Living. I'm Tara Davis. This week, I'm going to tap into a little bit of the topic that we visited last week of being present. Uh, we tapped into it when we talked about the grizzly bears and Justin Bieber, and that episode was touching into the present moment but as I really allowed last week to unfold I realized how much being in the present moment has an effect on a gazillion aspects of our life and so that is what I want to talk about today is are all of the aspects that presence being in the moment shows up and how our lives can shift if we allow ourselves to be in the present moment, not even if, when we allow ourselves to just be in the moment. And I just want to start with saying, I don't know that this is something that we're really taught. I I know that there are, you know, alternative schools that teach it, um, families teach it, but by and large, I don't think that we're really taught unless we search it out and be conscious to be in that present moment. And if we allow ourselves to be in the present moment, it affects our eating, it affects our health, it affects our mental capacity to make judge or not judgment to make um, decisions. We're just going to dive in because it just really has been unfolding for me last week. I almost think I could write a whole book on how being in the present moment can affect us on all the levels that it affects us. So let's talk about what it looks like. And I'm just going to kind of talk about a little bit what I had mentioned last week and what has opened up for me to find all these different aspects of being present. So I realized when I took two weeks off for Christmas and New Year's, it was almost, um, well, it wasn't even almost, it was hard for me to take that time off to stop working because I was on the treadmill of work and planning and executing. And, and I love it. I love what I do for my job. I have this mindset sometimes that when I stop and take time off that all my thoughts are going to go away all that forward momentum is going to go away and I know it isn't but I have to it almost takes me a couple of days to let go of all that kind of like when you're on vacation and you're not really fully on vacation for the first couple of days because you have to unwind and I find that that's what happened to me over the holidays was that it took a couple of days for me to let go and to unwind. Once I did, once I allowed myself to stop that super forward momentum, that continual planning, that continual thinking, once I gave my brain the permission to just slow down, even to just stop, I didn't tell my brain to stop. I just allowed myself to entertain the idea that, hmm, if I could just stop for a while, I wonder what would happen. So 
I want you to hear what that piece was. It was just the invitation of bringing it in of, I wonder what would happen. So I didn't shame myself, which is a very old habit of mine. Like I would have or felt guilty or felt all these different other kinds of emotions that have such a low vibe and aren't healthy for you on any level. So I just invited that thought process of, I wonder what would happen if I just slowed down. And so here's what happened. First of all, yeah, I slowed down. Like it was, that's what it felt like when I invited that piece in. What if, what would it be like if I just allowed myself to slow down? And at first I didn't even allow myself to think I'll just stop. It was okay. I'll just allow it to slow down for a while. After I crossed that bridge, then I was okay with just saying, okay, I'll just stop for a couple of weeks. Like, it's okay to just stop. Come in, they'll come in. I can jot them down. I can put them in a document. I can, If I need to write something down, I will. But I really wanted to focus on being present with my family for the holidays. I wanted to do lots of baking. I wanted to just play and take a break. And so I wanted to be able to be present with that. And so when I did, what I found on the work aspect was that my brain actually brought forward, when I stopped that treadmill and that monkey mind, my brain actually brought forward all kinds of creative ideas. And I didn't feel compelled to get right on it and take action, I just wrote them down and then went back to being with my family, however that looked. So I wrote down the ideas that came in so that I wouldn't forget them because for my brain, if I don't write it down, one of two things will happen. I will either lose it or I will just keep focusing on that idea so intently so that I don't lose it. (laughs) I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but that's what I have to do. I just have to write it down. Even if it's in the middle of the night or sometimes when I'm falling asleep, I just have to write that down. Otherwise, my brain will just crazily focus over and over on that specific idea. So for me, slowing down allowed really great creative ideas to come in for the new year. Here are some other things that rise to the surface when we're present. And I'm going to give you examples, and I hope that you can relate. I'm sure that you can relate to some of these examples of what being in the present moment means. It means allowing issues of ours to rise to the surface and to be with them, with those issues, rather than pushing them aside so that we don't have to feel them. I feel we've often become so comfortable at pushing those feelings aside that we might not even recognize them anymore, that we're kind of on this autopilot. We might recognize when something is a little off kilter, something doesn't feel right, but then we go right back to getting out of that present moment so that we can feel better, so that we don't have to feel uncomfortable. And so let's just talk about that for a few minutes. Let's talk about 
when issues arise to the surface. So when things come up in your mind and or things come up in your body. So for me, I feel, uh, I feel things in my gut. I feel things in my heart. And I usually hear something that's, you know, just really that overriding red flashing sign that this isn't right. And so for me, that's how I receive messages. You might receive messages a completely different way. But for me, it's in my gut, in my heart. And I usually hear like, oh, this is not working. Many times I override it. I push the delete button and I just get back to where I was so that I don't have to get into that uncomfortable space. Sometimes, if I were just to allow those feelings, the resolve to whatever issue is really simple. But I have created such a story that I don't even want to allow those feelings and emotions or issues or triggers or whatever it is to surface. And so here's what I do when those things happen. Well, here's a lot of things that I do. I could decide I need to go exercise. And certainly exercise may or may not be for everyone, but that's something that I will do is I will just think, I need to go for a walk. And walking and exercising isn't what I always do to get out of my brain. Most of the time I do it because I just love the exercise. I love everything that it does for me. But sometimes I will use it as a deflection instead of being in the present moment. Maybe I'll turn on music because music gets me out of my head, right? And so no matter what type of music it is, maybe instead of being and feeling whatever's going on, I'll turn on some music and get out of my head. That way I don't have to feel it. I will reach for food whenever, I'm not, whenever I want to get out of it because then I'm not even hungry. Well, then what you've done is you've filled your belly full. Then your body and your mind is focusing on how full you are instead of, what the real issue is. We could go on with all the number of mind-numbing modalities that there are available to us. I mean, come on. We have so much social, social media and outlets to detract us from being in the present moment. It's crazy. So take your detraction of choice. You know, you can fill in the blank with whatever yours is. So... When something under the surface wants to come up, I am choosing to invite it in. So I'm choosing to open up the door to the possibility of whatever that piece is. And I have been practicing this for years. So I'm giving you the basics of how I've started doing it and then now at the level that I really choose to do it. So when we are in the present moment, we have to be willing to be ourselves and accept us for all that we are and all that we perceive we aren't. So let me just say that again, because I love that piece of what, yeah, let me just say that again. Okay. So for For us, for all of us to be in the present moment, we have to be willing to be with ourselves and accept us for all that we are 
and all that we perceive that we aren't. So when we get angry, this is, I want to delve into that. So when we get angry, when we're triggered, when something or someone makes us mad, all it is is a trigger from our childhood of I never got enough or I didn't get enough love or that person makes me mad because I feel like this when this happens. If we were so in the present moment, of course, this is the euphoria. This is the place where I would love to always be and I would love for all of us to always be is to have that capacity to be in the present moment so much that when something triggers us, and when I say trigger us, it, I'm talking about when something irritates us or makes us mad, it's only because there's something truly in, within us that it's triggering from our childhood, that we felt lack of fill in the blank. And so we feel and perceive ourselves to be at a disadvantage at a place of lack, at a place of hurt or harm, um, insulted. There are so many different adjectives that I could use right now. So we have to be willing to accept what it is that has triggered us in that very moment. And that takes courage. It's just not something that we're going to say, oh, okay, I'll look at that. It takes courage and love. It takes courage and love of ourselves to be willing to open up that door to being in the present moment. Because how easy would it be for us to just say to someone else, piss off, and I don't even want to talk about it. Just go away. Right? That would be way easy. Then we don't have to deal with anything. The reason that we are mad in the first place is our own triggers. It's not because what someone else has done and not saying that the, what someone else has done hasn't triggered, you know, if they've are killing or, you know, there's other things going on that you feel strongly about. I'm talking about the situations that someone is, we are perceiving someone is doing something directly to us and has quote made us mad. Right. And so when we are mad, like you've really made me mad, you've really made me angry. It is a perception. We are perceiving at some point there's a trigger that has that that person has set off of I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. These are um, patterns from my childhood. When we are in that present moment, we can invite in. The willingness, first of all, the love. Okay, I love myself. I love me, I love me, I love me. No matter what was given, not given, what was done to me or not done to me, I have the ability to love myself. I am the only one who can give myself the permission to really love me. So that creates the foundation of really being in the present moment. Okay, so let's keep going further. So being in the present means that we're willing to be ourselves and accept us. So the second piece of that is to accept us, ourselves, for all that we are and all that we perceive that we aren't. So we have this perception of ourselves 
that there are so many things wrong with us. It's the stories that we create in our mind that we perceive, of all the ways that we perceive that we aren't willing or that we are unworthy to be loved, to really be out in the world, to receive fantastic amounts of money, to receive the job that we want, to receive the love, to receive the relationships. I could go on. There are so many different ways that we feel and that we perceive that we are unworthy. And I use that word perceive because we are all worthy. At our core, at our soul level, we are all worthy of 100% love 100% of the time. It's been our conditioning and our upbringing that we have chosen to believe otherwise. So throughout our existence, the the places, the pieces and places of our upbringing, what we have experienced, we have formed beliefs about ourselves and about the world. This is what has formed our personality and the way that we perceive the world externally and the way we perceive ourselves internally. So being in the present moment, if we are really in the present moment, we can start to feel into what it feels like when we get triggered. And this is just only one aspect. I'm going to try to talk about this over a couple of weeks because I feel like it's really important to start being in the present moment so that we can start having the capability to really listen to ourselves and tune in to ourselves. You know, one of my ultimate all-time favorite sayings is when you're on the airplane, you know, and they're giving you the demonstration of put your oxygen mask on before anyone else, including your children, because if you can't help yourself, you're no good to anyone else. And so I have used this for myself, for my clients, for my friends. You have to help yourself first. You are the one in charge of you. You are the one to give yourselves permission to do your own work, to do your own inner inner work, to do the outer work. You need no one else's permission to tell yourself how fantastically fabulous you are. You need no one's permission to be present in the moment other than your own. And so being present in that moment Every single moment, we get to choose when we're in that moment how we are going to react, how we are going to act, what we are going to say. We have the choice of what we are going to, we have the choice of what we are going to participate in or not participate in. We have the choice of what comes out of our mouth and what doesn't come out of our mouth. Because how many times, me included, have we all let something out of the mouth, and as soon as it's coming out of the mouth, you're already wanting to take a rope and pull it back in because you're thinking, oh, my God, holy cow, like, is that really coming out of my mouth? Which is a perfect example of not being in the present moment. You're already ready to attack someone else or ready to throw a bomb, you know, 
at somebody else. And if we were in that present moment, and if I were in that present moment, instead of feeling like I have to respond immediately, I can take a breath and get centered before I react. So let's just use an example of an argument, and then we'll move on to other ways that being present in the moment shows up. So let's say that your significant other, a coworker, someone that you're close to has said something to you that has really set you off. So going back to the place of that being a trigger point, it has triggered something within you that subconsciously is telling you, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, whatever that mantra is that you have playing in the background. It's brought that piece up. And if it wasn't there for you, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a trigger in the first place. Because think of how many times people talk, 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 talk. They've been talking for an hour. And then all of a sudden, that one little thing that they said puts you on the defense. The only reason you're defensive is because there's something there for you. And it might take some digging. It might take several layers of uncovering what's there. The first initial look, you might think, that doesn't even bother me. I don't know why I was mad. But there is some thing under the surface, and it might be really well hidden. So when there is something that has triggered us, taking a deep breath, even if it's not audible, just when someone has triggered you and said something, I invite you to start being mindful and just being present of, okay, this is what I really want to say. (sighs) Let me take a deep breath, regroup for about two seconds. Okay, now I realize that I'm triggered. Now I realize this has really pissed me off. So it's really pissed me off. It's something that is mine. In this very second, I don't want to go through it. I don't have time, but I know it's my issue, not yours. So how can I choose to see this situation differently? How can I choose to respond differently? How can I choose so that in my body, my stomach isn't a gut-wrenching mess, my chest isn't tight, because none of that is good. How can I choose to be right now in the present moment You can have so many different choices right now in the present moment to choose to see the situation differently, to choose to have a different outcome of the situation. So, you know, you can play through all the different scenarios. Do I need to be right? Well, if I need to be right, what's going on with that? Do I need to be heard? Because maybe I was never heard growing up. Maybe I was never right growing up or felt like I was right growing up. Do I need others to see me? Because maybe as a child, I never, I was never seen growing up or I felt like I was never seen growing up. So you can analyze this and kind of figure it out at a later moment. You can do it in the present moment. Whatever works for you of being in that present moment Feel into it. And it takes practice. It takes practice to condition your mind 
to really get into that present moment. It's not something that you can just tell yourself, okay, so this is how, this is what I'm going to do from now on, and I will just remember. Mm-mm. It doesn't usually work that way. We have to be willing to be in that present moment, and when we're not, and when we when we forget, we cannot bring all that shame down on ourselves and beat ourselves up mentally. We just have to get back to the next time that we get to be in the present moment. So let's talk about the key of over a lifetime of learning through childhood of all those experiences that we have. Part of taking that apart and unpacking and unfolding being in the present moment are the beliefs that we have carried around forever. Like we have a lot of beliefs that we have formed about the world that we may or not, may or may not even realize that we have. So I invite you to start examining what you believe to be true about the world and where these beliefs came from. So depending on our culture, on our background, on our family, on where we grew up, when, at what time we grew up, the time period, these all have impacts on how we form our belief system, especially religion. If we um, were brought up in a brought up in religion with religion these also form our beliefs on how we view the world and how we view others so i invite you also to check out where these beliefs started and do i subscribe to these beliefs still Do these beliefs serve me? Are these my beliefs? Or are these the beliefs of everyone else around me? And do they serve me anymore? Do I want to hold on to these beliefs? Or is this something that I want to change, let go, and find something else to fill that space? So this is another piece of being in the present moment, of being within our strength, of being strong enough internally to be okay with looking at what our belief system is. And unpacking that belief system is something that we can do and continually practice over our entire lifetime. Because we're born as a baby with no beliefs. Our beliefs are formed from every single person that we come in contact with as a child from all of our surroundings. And so this is what forms our entire belief system. And as an adult, unless we are aware of it, we don't even realize how our beliefs are formed, right? I mean, it can be your political views. It can be your social views. It can be your religious views. So I invite you to check in. And see if all of these beliefs are still working for you. All of your beliefs might be 100% spot on. 
Maybe 50% of your beliefs are spot on and 50% you're ready to let go of. Maybe you're ready to let go of 10%. I just invite you to start opening up that door to your beliefs, where they came from, and are they still serving? That's part of being in the present moment when something has triggered us. Maybe it's also that trigger from childhood that shows up in the present moment with some, someone who has said something politically that has charged you or religiously that has charged you or socially that has charged you. Examine what's going on with what triggers you. See how many layers are there when you're in the present moment. Maybe close your eyes. Maybe go somewhere where you can just be for five minutes. And here's what I do. I just invite my soul in my higher self, maybe the Holy Spirit in, and you can use whatever higher power that you subscribe to, that you believe in. And I just say, thank you, higher self. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me what this trigger is, how it is no longer serving me, and how I can see it differently. You know, Gabby Bernstein is a huge, I think I've mentioned her so many different times. I'm such a huge fan of Gabby and her teachings. And one of the teachings in her book, The Universe Has Your Back, is to invite in the Holy Spirit. And again, use whatever higher power that you tap into. But for this example, I'm going to use the Holy Spirit. And so when I am in conflict, especially with the greatest teacher of mine on the planet, who is my husband, when we are in conflict and do not see eye to eye and are just bashing heads, I have recognized and noticed over the last probably even year that I invite in the Holy Spirit almost instantaneously and ask this is per Gabby, per her book, ask to see this situation differently. Now, it took practice for me to remember to do that because I was so defensive against whatever it was he was triggering me in the moment, right? I was certainly in the present moment with my ego. I was in the present moment thinking of what I was going to respond with next so that I would have the better response and the better answer because I was certainly right, not him, Now, I have learned to, as soon as I feel, you know what it feels like, that gut feeling of, oh my gosh, you know, and I I just want to say, I apologize if, if the noise is in the background, we're having a lot of snow here right now in Colorado, and so the um, snow plows are out plowing the streets, and so if there's any background noise, that's what's going on. So, back to being triggered in the present moment. Previously, yes, I was full on in my ego. Now what I have trained, you can totally train your brain. You, you have trained your brain up to this point. So you can retrain your brain to realize and recognize immediately when your stomach goes to that tight knot and your brain goes to, oh God, here it comes. When you recognize that in the present moment, stop the forward thinking. Stop the ego mind. 
that is preparing already for your defensive words that are coming out of your mouth and listen. Listen with your ears and listen with your heart because whatever has triggered, and I'm using myself, so whatever George is triggered about is his stuff, right? It's whatever has triggered him. I am on the path of trying to not trigger it anymore and not allow it to trigger me. I am on the path to, because when we're both triggered, no one wins, right? We're just butting heads and yelling at each other. So there's a no-win situation right there. And so what I am doing is, and it doesn't always happen, I get triggered just as much. But even then I will recognize, okay, I'm so triggered. Within a few minutes, if not in the moment, I will mentally take a deep breath if it's not audible. I will mentally take a deep breath and say, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this moment. Please allow me to see this situation differently. And when I do, it almost always calms me down. I don't necessarily have to know what's going on in that present moment, but by asking to see it in a different way, in a different light, most of the time what happens for me is it softens. All the edges around whatever that disagreement was softens for both of us because I've invited the Holy Spirit in. I've invited the universe in to that moment, to that argument, to whatever that trigger is for both of us, and it softens us both. It's just not for me. It's for both of us. So when we come back together, there is, on my part, a willingness to see it differently. I've invited that in. It's my intention. It's my intention to see it differently. So there can be no other way for it to happen because I've invited it in. I haven't invited my ego in and I haven't invited my willingness to be right because if that's what happened, that's how it would unfold. Instead, I've invited the Holy Spirit in and I'm willing to see the situation differently. I so invite you to try that moment of seeing the situation differently, of just inviting it in, whether you invite it in in the moment of an argument or a trigger, or whether you remember it five minutes later, or whether you remember it two hours later. I mean, maybe you were so triggered in the moment that you couldn't even get out of that place of being triggered, but then maybe two hours later you think, oh, right, let me try this piece. Let me try inviting in the Holy Spirit. It's never too late. Never, never, never too late to invite in the Holy Spirit right now in the moment. So that is part of being present in the moment, is being able to recognize when we are present and when we are not present with that, from that particular aspect of being triggered with an argument. Okay. Let's talk about being in the present moment other ways. So for me, one of the things that I used to do growing up socially, and as I was sitting down today um, to put this together, I started thinking of all the different ways that I allowed myself to not be present with me. And I don't remember like in grade school how I used to 
not be present. But I certainly remember in high school how I checked out, per se. Because if we have to check out of the present moment, there's something inside of us that's telling our ego mind that we're not good enough. And so for me, what that looked like was I didn't really feel worthy of the love that I thought I should have. I thought I wasn't smart enough. And so, oh my gosh, in high school, I took up drinking and smoking and I did that for so many reasons, but the, but the core reasons were that I didn't think I was good enough to be with the people that I wanted to be. And I didn't think I was smart enough. So to feel like I fit in to feel smart like everyone else around me because I perceived them, right? I perceived them to be smarter than I was. So to feel accepted and to feel like I fit in and to drown out all of the feelings of not being smart or lovable that I thought, that's what I took up. I took up drinking and smoking I don't know that I was overeating at the time. I mean, that came and went throughout my early uh, adulthood. Of I would use food. But mainly drinking and smoking. And I feel like we can all relate to wanting to check out and not feel in the present moment because potentially we don't feel like we measure up to whatever situation we are in. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the need to numb or to get out of the present moment, to remove ourselves emotionally from being right now in the present moment. And so at the time, of course, as a teenager and a young adult, very young adult, I didn't know why. I was drinking and smoking and doing the things that I was doing. I thought it was just because I liked to do these things that the rest of my friends were doing. They were checking out too. You know, they weren't able to be in the present moment with whatever feelings they were feeling. And so all they knew how to do was check out just like I was doing. And so that's what I felt at the time. Like I just wanted to fit in. And so I'm going to take up whatever habits my other friends are doing so that I can fit in and so that I, in my subconscious mind, didn't have to feel so inadequate compared to everyone else. So I was comparing myself on whatever levels I was comparing. So I was removing myself from that present moment. And it wasn't until my, well, I started therapy when I started in therapy in my 30s that I really started to get this concept of why I was checking out and really got to start diving into not being in the present moment and why I wasn't willing to be in the present moment and why I felt like it was so important that I drink so much and smoke and do all the things that I was doing. That's when I began to realize, yep, I was emotionally checking out. I was emotionally numbing. I was not willing to feel the feelings that I had been bottling up. What I was choosing to do was to continue to put a cap on those feelings and not let myself feel them. And so 
I started uncovering all of these old patterns and beliefs through therapy. And you don't necessarily have to go through a therapist. You can, you know, there's so many self-help books. There's so many things online that you can subscribe to, to start Mm -hmm. unfolding all of the ways that we numb and check out and get out of the present moment. And so as I started through therapy and started unpacking all of these different things, the different ways that I was, or why I was choosing to check out, I started realizing the beliefs that I had formed that were causing me to check out. So one particular, you know, that I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't smart enough. I didn't go back to college um, until I was an adult in my 30s. I don't think it was time for me to, it, you know, I, first of all, had that belief that I wasn't smart enough. And so I started college right after high school, totally flunked out because I had the belief that I wasn't smart enough. And I think I was burned out. I just didn't have any desire at all. When I went back as an adult, I loved it. And something had shifted in my brain enough to know that, oh my God, I remember that feeling of sitting in, you know, the math classes and the psychology courses and all the different courses that I was taking and thinking, my brain is soaking this in. I am smart enough and I love this. And so that was one of the pieces, one of the parts of my life when I started realizing through therapy also was one of the points that encouraged me. Therapy was one of the places that I was encouraged to check out school again. Let's see what's going on with that. And is that even a part of your life anymore? Do you have any desire? That's when I realized as well that I forever wanted to be that perpetual student, which is exactly what I'm doing on just a different level. And so working through these issues as an adult and uncovering these old patterns and beliefs that I was holding on to Actually, I started realizing that I had less and less desire to drink and to smoke and to numb and to check out moment. Oh, I know another thing that I used to do as well. When I was first married, when our marriage was so crazy, what I would do instead of getting in the present moment, I would just default to saying, okay, you're right, because then I didn't have to show up. I didn't have to stand up for myself. First of all, at that point, I had the belief that I wasn't worthy. And so that was also another way of me checking out of the present moment. I didn't have to show up and be a participant in whatever argument, I'll just use that word, um, was going on at the time. I would just say, oh, okay, you're right. I wouldn't have to think. I wouldn't have to process. There was so much I was deflecting by even saying that and saying, okay, you're right. I mean, someone else was in charge, right? I didn't have to step up and be in charge. I didn't have to take responsibility for myself, for my actions. It was so easy being there, so I thought, right? Really and truly in reality, it wasn't easy because there was a lot of inner turmoil. And so when I started allowing myself to be in the present moment in therapy and realizing that I was good enough. And then I started realizing that I didn't have the desire. It was almost as if I woke up one day and didn't even have the feeling. 
that socially I wanted to have a drink or on the weekends have lots of drinks or drinks with friends. I'm not saying that any of this is bad. This is just one of my choices of how I numbed out. Um, I remember thinking, yeah, I don't even want, I don't even want that glass of wine. I don't, I don't even want that beer. I don't even want that drink. It didn't even sound good to me. And I even thought, okay, I even overrode that at one point. I remember thinking, okay, well, it doesn't sound good, but, you know, just socially, to be socially acceptable, I'll just have that glass of wine. And I can remember taking a couple of drinks and going, like, I was turned off. Like, it didn't even resonate with me anymore. And so there were years and years and years and years. I mean, I very occasionally have a drink now, and even then, it's probably like two or three poor poor drinks, and I'm kind of like, eh, of wine. And that's it. And that's maybe a couple times a year at the most, just because it just doesn't even do anything for me anymore. Um, I don't have the desire to check out. I'm fully willing to be right here in the present moment, whatever that looks like. And so, and the smoking, the smoking went away a long time ago as well. And so the more that we are willing to be in the present moment, the more willing we are to be with ourselves, to just be with us, to be with the strength that we have. I don't know that we often realize how strong we are, how much internal strength that we have until we have to really draw upon it. And there's a difference between having internal strength and having external aggression. Does that make sense? I mean, do you understand what I'm saying with that? There is that quiet internal strength and internal knowingness not to be confused with external aggression. And when we get to that place of being willing to be in the present moment with our internal strength, the unfolding of our willingness to see what's going on in the present moment really, really starts to unfold. I could go on, and I think what I'm going to do is stop for this week and continue this on in a part two for next week, because there are so many topics that I would love to touch upon on how we, how being in the present moment affects every single minute aspect of our life. I would love to hear how this serves you. Um, I would love to hear how you are aware when you're not in the present moment and how you are aware when you are in the present moment, I would love to hear your comments. Um, send me an email at Tara at TaraDavis.me. You can respond to me on my Instagram at TaraDavis.me. You can respond right here on my podcast. You can leave me a link um, and you can leave me a link on my blog at TaraDavis.me. Let me know how this has served you, and I love you. I will see you right here next week.